Welcome to the Redeeming Love Bible Broadcast. I'm glad to have you with me on the program today. My name is Phil Duddy, Evangelist with Grace Baptist Tabernacle of King, North Carolina, continuing our series that we started um, in the last broadcast on influence. And uh, we saw in the last broadcast that God's design for the church is for the church to lean upon Him, is for the church to rely on Him, is, to, is for the church to live in faith and and live in subjection to Him, uh, to lean on Him, to walk with Him. And we saw um, a verse from the Song of Solomon, chapter 8, verse 5. Um, you know, that, that's just a beautiful, beautiful picture of that. It's a, it's a picture of a bride leaning on her beloved, leaning on her husband, uh, while the world is asking, well, who is this? Uh, who is this woman? She's leaning upon her beloved. Who is this? Uh, we don't see this sort of thing. We don't know this sort of thing. Uh, what is going on here? Uh, but that is a beautiful, beautiful picture of, of God's will for the Christian, God's will for the church, to lean upon Him, to walk with him, to receive from him, to be strengthened by him, to be um, uh, to be filled with wisdom, to be filled with uh, leadership, to be filled with boldness, to be filled with passion, to be in a, in a love relationship, a relationship that's deep and vibrant and strong and passionate. Uh, that is God's will for the church. Um, it's, it is not God's will for the church, um, for the church to start adopting uh, the world's philosophies, for the church to start adopting all these political battles, for the church to start, you know, adopting, you know, all these, um, you know, quote-unquote social justice causes. But, but no, um, the church is designed to lean upon God and not designed to incorporate the world. And uh, we're going to be continuing on with that, and we're going to be going to the very, very first sentence of the Bible in Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Very, very simple sentence, very, very profound sentence. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Uh, the, the, the earth did not just sort of pop up. The earth did not just sort of will itself into existence. Uh, creation is not some kind of a cosmic accident. But in the beginning, God himself very, very intentionally created the heaven and the earth. Um, as such, uh, the earth did not create God. As such, people did not create God. People did not come up with a God concept. People did not come up with a God philosophy. People did not come up with a God framework. Um, you know, that, that kind of gets it backwards. And, uh, you know, at the same time, that's a, that's a lot of people say that. You know, a lot of people go around saying, you know, well, um, you know, you know, men, you know, the patriarchy, um, you know, um, you know, they, they sort of came up with this God concept uh, or they were just sort of some, you know, there's some sort of a delusion. There's some sort of a mass hallucination. Uh, Jesus was just really good at manipulating people and getting a crowd. And they, they were so loyal to him that, you know, or the crucifixion was somehow um, worked up and fake. And, um, you know, just, just all this stuff, you know, but, but basically it boils down to the fact um, that people say, um, you know, at least a lot of people say, I've heard a lot of people say, uh, well, you know, you're deceived, you're delusional, you're a fanatic, and uh, you're being used, um, and somebody else came up with God. But, uh, friend, you know, hallelujah and amen, uh, God created the heaven and the earth. Uh, the heaven and the earth did not create God. 
People did not create God. He's not a problem to solve, um, and he's not a mere tradition. He's not a mere philosophy. He's not a mere delusion. Um, but but he created, and as such, he has a sovereign rule over creation. He has a holy rule over creation, and he has a loving rule over creation. For hallelujah, the Bible tells us, you know, that God is love, and he rules over his creation. He moves in his creation according to his holy good will and according to his love. And so God created, and God gave a record of his act of creation. And, and you know, he gave, he gave a record of the act of creation. You can read the entire account uh, here in the book of Genesis, and you, you can read the entire Bible, and you will find that God left a very, very specific record of exactly who he is. God has a desire, friend. Uh, God has a desire for this creation to know him, for this fallen creation to know him. And he even tells us how we fell. He even tells us uh, what the deal with sin is. Why is there sin? Why is there wickedness? Why is there lust? Why is there murder? Why is there greed? Why why is there racism? Why is there rape? Why Why is there all this horrible stuff that goes on in the world? Why is there all this horrible stuff that goes on in people? Why do people do all this stuff? God tells us, and it's a very, very simple, and and at the same time, a very, very profound answer. The answer is sin. There is sin. And, And the good news is, and God tells us this in the Bible, you know, hallelujah, God reveals all this. Uh, the, The good news is that God is going to put away sin. You read the book of Revelation, which is the last book of the Bible, um, sort of, you know, in canonical order. It's the last book of the Bible. And um, and you're going to find out that God puts away sin and and God judges sin. And and there is a wrath that God has upon sin. And there's a holiness, that, you know, and he executes his judgment in holiness and sin is put away in the end. But the good news, you know, why are we preaching Jesus? Uh, The good news is that God has made a way for the sin of fallen people, for fallen people themselves, to be completely forgiven and and not to experience hell, to to never experience hell. Uh, and, And just let that sit in. Never experience hell because Christ himself, God himself, the Lord himself got personally involved with the work of redemption. He got personally involved with the work of atonement. He got personally involved in making a way for people to be forgiven and making a way for people to be born again, making a way for, for sin to be removed um, in his sight from a person, making a way for sin to be covered, making a way for sin to be separated from, from people as far as the east is from the west by faith in Jesus Christ, by faith, by faith alone. And God details this. You know, and I, I know, you know, I took, you know, maybe three minutes or so, and, um, and, and that, that is a lot. Uh, but God details that in Scripture, 
in several different ways, in several different places. In Scripture, God details the fact that he got personally involved. Um, he created, creation fell, and he got personally involved in, in making atonement and making atonement possible, making forgiveness possible, making salvation possible, um, making, it, making it so he is faithful and just to forgive the sinner. And friend, you know, um, you know, you know, get it right, you know, get it straight here. Uh, look at what the Bible says. Um, you know, hell is real. And, and if people reject the blood of Jesus, if people reject Jesus himself, if people reject uh, what God has done, what Jesus did, uh, what, you know, the fact that he's alive today, the fact that he's returning, if people just, if people reject Jesus, then there is nothing left for them but eternal damnation. There's nothing left for them but the wrath of God to fall upon them because sin is going to be put away. And God's going to put away the sin of the people who reject Jesus. God's going to cast them into hell. And so there's a wrath there. And at the same time that there's a wrath, there's a mercy. Because God himself... In sending his only begotten son, you know, Jesus is Lord. And the Bible clearly tells us that, that Jesus is is not just another man, uh, but he is Lord. He is fully God and he is fully man. So so you can, you can fairly say with the book of Philippians that the Lord emptied himself. The Lord sort of stepped down from glory. The Lord was born of a virgin. And, uh, you know, the Lord Jesus had no sin of his own, but he became sin on the cross, and and the Lord Himself bore the wrath of God upon upon sin. He bore the wrath of God upon sin, and and it, it is just sort of a you know hallelujah shouting ground um, worship moment um, to to just appreciate the reality that you, if you are in Christ. You will never, ever, ever experience hell. You will never, ever, ever experience condemnation. You will never, ever experience the wrath of God. Because the Lord himself experienced it in your place. That, that is the magnitude of the Lord's mercy. That is the magnitude of the Lord's goodness. That's the magnitude of the Lord's grace. That is the magnitude of what the Lord has done. And... and should you receive Christ, should you put your faith in Christ, and he do that wonderful work in response of saving your soul, and he do that wonderful work of, of making all things new, he do that wonderful work of, 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 of putting his righteousness on you, so that when, when God looks at you, he sees the righteousness of Christ. Um, there, there's, there's a magnitude to that. And there's also a magnitude to rejecting that. There's a, there's a magnitude because God moved himself in a way that he had never moved himself before. God, God, what do you think it did to God? What do you, what do you think, you know, you know, Jesus said, you know, I and my father are one. And then the night he was taken, the night he was betrayed uh, before his crucifixion, he, you know, he came right down to it and he said, not my will, but thy will. Uh, he submitted himself to the cross. He submitted himself. He went willingly to the cross, and he laid down his life willingly upon the cross, knowing what was going to happen. And should you reject that, 
there is a magnitude to that because there's nothing left but the judgment of God. There's nothing left but the wrath of God. There's nothing left because your blood's going to answer for your sin because you reject the blood of Jesus. Somebody's blood's got to answer for the sin. You've heard that if you've listened to this uh, broadcast for for a while. uh, You've heard me say that a few times. Somebody's blood's going to answer for your sin. It's going to be your blood or it's going to be the blood of Jesus. And if you reject him, if you reject Jesus, there's nothing left but for you to answer for your sin. And there's nothing left but for the wrath of God to fall upon you. You see, that's what it means to be justified in Christ. Christ answers for your sin. God looks at you and he sees the perfection of Jesus. God looks at you and he sees righteousness. He sees goodness. He see, he, Jesus interposes his blood. Jesus interposes his goodness. Jesus interposes his sacrifice. Jesus interposes, you, you get his life. The resurrection and the life, that gets applied to you. So Jesus answers for your sin. Uh, if you are in Christ and if Christ is in you, Jesus answers for your sin. If you've been saved, Jesus answers for your sin. If you've been justified, Jesus answers for your sin. And and, and we look forward to being glorified with him. Uh, you know, hallelujah and amen. But if, you, if you're rejecting Jesus... Then, then you will answer for your sin. The wrath of God will come down upon you because you will stand before him in judgment and, and that wrath will come upon you. That's the magnitude of that. You know, and so, so to go back to Genesis, you know, God created and God has moved in his creation to show us who he is, uh, to show us what he's done, to show us what he is doing, to show us what's going on now, uh, to show us what's going to go on in the future. And so giving the word of God is a holy act of love on God's part to us because he desires, uh, you know, um, you you can go back to Peter on this one. Um, It's not his will that any should perish. And then you can go over to Ezekiel in the Old Testament and you can see that God does not take any pleasure in the death of the wicked. Um, it's a necessary thing. Again, if you reject Christ, it is a necessary thing because God's putting away the sin one way or the other. He would rather have have the have the blood of Jesus, have the sacrifice of Jesus, have the righteousness of Jesus applied to you. He would rather faithfully and justly forgive your sin because you put your faith in Jesus. And his blood gets applied to you. He would rather pass over you in that way. You know, hallelujah, the Passover looked ahead to all that. Uh, but that's another message entirely. Uh, but, my friend, you know, the, the overwhelming counsel of Scripture is that God wants you to be saved if you're lost. And he's a good God, he's a loving God, and he made a way for that to happen. And you don't have to do any other religious work um, to, to make it happen. You don't have to work it up. You don't have to, you know, um, go and whip yourself. You don't have to, you know, you know, do all this, you know, crazy, um, religious, spiritual stuff. But what is the work of God? Belief. Well, you know, how are we say, how are we justified? Romans says it's by faith. 
by faith, by faith, by faith. And God even goes one further. He said, without faith, it is impossible to please him. Without faith, it is impossible for you to be saved. Um, should you not put your faith in Christ, should you resist Christ, should you kick against Christ, should you argue against Christ, uh, should you love your sin more, you know, love your darkness rather than light, there's a condemnation and it's going to come upon you. But the overwhelming counsel of Scripture is that God loves when people get saved. God delights in people getting saved. You know, and so, you know, you know to, to come back to this, you know, church, we have got to be influenced by God. Uh, we have got to be led by God. We have got to love what God loves. We have got to hate what God hates. Uh, we, we've, got, we, we, we've got to live in Christ, and we've got to live in subjection with Christ. Uh, we've got to stop listening to how the world wants us to be. Because the word, you know, um, you know, you go back to the word of God. The word of God is what God says about God. The word of God is what God says about Himself. So if you want to know who God is, um, you pick up you pick up the word of God. If you want to go, if you want to know who God is, um, you get you start listening to people who who preach Christ. You start listening to people who preach according to the Word of God and according to the Word of God alone. You know, um, you know what's God have to say about himself? He says it in the Holy Bible. He says it all in the Holy Bible. He says it specifically in the Holy Bible. The Holy Bible is exactly what God wants to say. The Holy Bible is exactly what God wants this world to have. How you know, how, who is he? What's he doing? Um, he says it all. The Bible is holy. The Bible is flawless. The Bible is without error. And the Bible is complete. And so we need to listen to that. We need to listen to the word of God as God has given it. And we need to listen to the full counsel of it. Um, we need to not cherry pick it. Um, you know, we need to preach we need, we need to preach grace, yes, and we need to preach the reason why grace is necessary. Uh, you know, friend, um, we, we need to worship according to God's word. We need to live according to God's word. Um, you know, we need to talk about God like he's in the room. We need to talk about God like he is personal. We need to talk about God like he's alive. And we need to, talk, we, we need to preach to the lost that way. And we, need to, um, and we need to live that way. You know, and we need to disciple to save people that way. Like God is real because he is. Like God is alive because he is. Uh, like Jesus is coming again because he is. Uh, like it's all true because it all is true. And uh, like the Holy Spirit is, you know, the Holy Spirit is real. Like the Holy Spirit is actually inside of us because the Holy Spirit is actually inside. The Holy Spirit is alive. And the Holy Spirit is moving. And the Holy Spirit is living. And you can find out all about it in the Word of God. But the point is that we need to not lean upon the world. We need to not be influenced 
by the world, but we need to be influenced by Christ. We need to rest in Christ. We need to live in Christ. And we need to be fed by Christ. We need to be nourished by Christ. Uh, we, we need to be brought up by Christ. We need to be empowered by Christ. Uh, we, we need to live and abide in Him because that is His design, friend, and that is how the church is going to reach the lost in this generation. It's going to re- The church is going to reach the lost in the same way that the church has always reached the lost throughout history. The gospel never changes. God never changes. Uh, the commissions, you know, the great commissions never change. Uh, you know, great commissions because there, there's one in every gospel and there's one in the book of Acts. Uh, but friend, you know, it, it doesn't change. The word of God stands. The word of God doesn't change. Uh, no matter where you are, whether you're here in America or whether you're in Mexico, uh, whether you're in South America, whether you're in Canada, whether you're in Asia, whether you're in Africa, uh, whether you're in Europe, uh, whether you're down in Australia, uh, you know, whether you're on New Zealand, whether you're out in the Caribbean somewhere, uh, friend, it doesn't change. The Word of God is the Word of God. God is God. And we need to, re- we need to rest in Him, and we need to minister in Him. And we need to preach not the Word of a man, not the Word of a woman, uh, but the Word of God. Um. You know, we, we need to live in subjection to him. We need to live as if he is real, friend, because he is real. And it's a true statement. Uh, God is God, whether you believe him or whether you don't. And people are going to respond to God in faith. And people are going to get saved or they're not going to get saved. People are going to respond in God in faith, or they're going to respond in God in rejection. But amen, that doesn't change the fact that that we need to preach the word of God. Whether they will hear or whether they will forbear, Ezekiel says. But friend, you know, be encouraged today. And, um, you know, please do reach out to us. Um, You know, if this program is a blessing to you, uh, we'd love to hear from you here at the program. Uh, Reach out to us at redeemingthelost at iCloud.com. No matter where you are in the world, email seems to work. Um, But um, redeemingthelost at iCloud.com, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, we are also a ministry of Grace Baptist Tabernacle. You can reach out to us through that church as well. And you can find uh, the church information online at gbtministries.com. Um, you know, if, uh, if you're local or if you're traveling, uh, you can also find uh, uh, meeting times. You can find meeting places. Uh, you can find um, service times there. Uh, you can find out a little bit more information about us, um, gbtministries.com. You can reach us through that. Um, especially if the Lord has saved you. Um, if um, you've been listening to this and the Lord has showed you that you are lost and showed you that you're dying, showed you that you're a sinner, and showed you the goodness and the mercy and the grace of Jesus Christ, and you've put your faith in Christ, we would love to hear about it. Uh, that would be a tremendous encouragement to us. Please do feel free to reach out to us at the program, and um, we would definitely love to be a continuing blessing to you in your walk with the Lord. Uh, but uh, we will continue this series on the next broadcast, and in the meantime, uh, may the Lord richly, richly bless you. Amen and thank you. And in the light of your glory, your perfect way appears. You are here, turning darkness into light.